listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Dr. H here. We here at the Sports Pharmacy Podcast are extremely excited to be part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. They have excelled at helping expose pharmacy-related podcasts beyond the reach that we could do alone. The content you will be receiving will be exactly the same, just a more polished product that will benefit you, the listener. This is a special shout out to the Pharmacy Podcast Network for accepting us into their program. And now let's get on with the show. Dr. Jessica Mills sits down with me to discuss all things magnesium. I assure you, this is a good episode to sit down and listen so you can take notes because Jessica flies through some really good information. Excuse some of the recording issues as our connection was less than stellar. Reach out to her on all her socials, including TikTok. Take it away, Dr. H and Dr. Jessica. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Pharmacy Podcast. Um, Today is a special day for me. Um, This is the one person that was responsible for me getting into wellness and helped motivate me, A, to become more healthy myself and also to teach my patients to be more healthy. So please, please give a warm welcome to my good friend, Dr. Jessica Mills. How are you, Jessica? I didn't know I was that cool. Thank you. I know. I was like, I I wasn't going to surprise you and see your reaction live. So I was like, I just got to hear this. So I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you coming on chatting with us today. Um, So welcome to the podcast. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm in Owensboro, Kentucky, and I purchased the pharmacy. I started my own in 2016. And so I started Owensboro Family Pharmacy and Wellness with like some big plans for that wellness eventually. Um, And right after, it was about four months after I bought the pharmacy and started really to become the owner. Um, My dad, who had been my mentor and was also a pharmacist, um, he was diagnosed with recurrent non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so I didn't know, I mean, we went to Vanderbilt, we did all the things that we were supposed to, and they, and I was pregnant at the time. So they basically said that he had like less than six weeks. They had, he had done everything. He could try some experimental treatments with lenalidomide and MD Anderson, um, but it was going to be a ton of money. He couldn't be around the kid that I was about to have. Um, and so I was like, well, let's, let's see if there's something different. And so that prompted me to become a naturopath. So I signed up for a doctorate of naturopathy program through Trinity School of Natural health in November. It was on Black Friday. Um, the school had been around for 25 years. And so their Black Friday sale was they were doing doctorate programs for 25% off. And I was like, yeah, nice. that's, that's, that's a vibe. And I also had like, <laughs> yeah, right. Why not? Yeah. So I had about like one month old in my hand um, and was like, this is terrifying, but let's do it. So um, anyway, I, you know, I never planned on getting a second doctorate after pharmacy school in 2014 is when I graduated. So um, I just kind of learned the basics and we really started to the foundational health things first with him. And he started to get a lot more energy and he was, he was improving. You could see that, which was amazing. Um, So it really taught me the importance of getting the foundations correct for lifestyle. Um, And we were doing pH and, you know, all kinds of stuff. There was a little bit of magnesium, which we'll talk about later on today. Um, But basically in 28, yeah. Um, And so in 2018, um, he had a PET scan and he was actually cancer free from like malignant terms. 
almost six weeks to live. Um, wow. Then he got bit by a tick and got Lyme disease. And that's a whole different story. But um, it really taught me a lot about foundations. And so I started to see patients that were coming into the pharmacy. And around that same time, we were getting CBD. And a lot of people were curious, like, what is what is this CBD? Is this weed? Is it going to make me high? What, what is this? Um, and so, you know, as I was talking to these patients, they were coming in with fibromyalgia and crazy stuff, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis and just things that I was not familiar with as a pharmacist. Um, and so I just started to sit down and see my patients and talk to them about what actual lifestyle medicine could be and some different things like, you know, CBD might help, but it's not going to be a silver bullet. Let's, you know, you can't out supplement your way from a crappy lifestyle. And mm -hmm. I've tried it. Mm -hmm. I've taken all the cool supplements possible mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. not slept and, and not really taking care of myself in that foundational way. And it's, it just buys you a little time, but it doesn't actually actually result in what your optimal health should be and could be. So, um, yeah, we opened a medical practice in 2019 right next to the pharmacy across the parking lot. My husband was graduating with his nurse practitioner degree. And so we opened December the 2nd of 2019, knowing nothing about COVID and what was going yeah, to happen in right 2020 before, right? all of that. So. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, and I remember the first day that grand opening, I was like, well, let's get the medical side set up and like make sure all the rooms have tables and everything. Um, and we'll handle, you know, like my naturopath stuff. Secondly, like, you know, it'll take a while. I'll have to market that kind of stuff. First day we had a guy walk in who had like Rocky Mountain spotted fever, um, like had the rash, the whole entire thing. Mm -hmm. And was like, I want to buy your package to come in and, and do like monthly treatments. And I'm like, I don't even know what the package consists of. Like, I don't even have a price for it, but cool. Like if you want to come in tomorrow, like <laughs> I guess someone will be here. Why not? Um, so it's, it's just interesting how much people are actually looking for functional medicine and functional health and being able to actually start feeling better and living the life that they want. And so it became a passion of mine and, by being able to start helping patients, um, it's been fantastic. We've had so many cool outcomes. So, um, yeah, I just want to teach everyone how to, how to do this and how to implement really simple things. And it could just be, you know, one supplement away or one lifestyle change away. Feeling a different one you have for the last little, you know, however long. So that's a little bit about, Oh no, my internet. Okay, cool. No, you're um, good. You're good. I've also got three kids. And a husband, and we live in Kentucky, and I teach people, and we do consulting and coaching, all the fun stuff. Like, I've, I've got those, yeah. too. I should probably mention the humans that I've had. but Yeah, a little bit. Um, a little bit no, I so. I, I mean, I can't go an episode without mentioning uh, my wife, yeah. so I feel you, man. There you go. There you go. So, yeah. no, Danny's, like, my person and, like, actually awesome. understands me really well. And so it's, it's, it's good to have that support. And I don't think if I didn't have that support system, then I wouldn't be able to, you know, do the education and, like, live out this passion I do have so it's been fantastic i think one thing that you mentioned that i think goes by the wayside especially yeah. in the pharmacy world is that that missing portion of uh what i call a foundation and i call it a wellness foundation and making sure that we have those building blocks yeah. started and you taught me i think i don't know if it was a 20 or 2020 or 2021 that we had the first diversify rx meeting that you so gave a lecture yeah yeah lisa was she was talking about it. We were in Costa Rica and she was like, you're the only person that's been on like all four of mine. I was like, Lisa, there's been three. She was like, no, there was a virtual one before that. If you forgot, I was like, I did. So 2021, there was a virtual. Right. And then, right. And so yeah. then in, I remember I was sitting at my husband's desk, like in the practice and like we had someone doing construction, like making sure that the internet was working like next door. And I was like, damn, I hope it's not too loud. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, no. And then 2021 was the in-person thing in July because that was like the yeah. Delta COVID thing. Um, that's right, that's and I remember right. I flew all my kids out with me and my husband 
And um, all three of my kids got RSV from like being on a plane right after oh, that. So no. it's like as soon as you get home, you have all these cool things that you want to implement. And then, yeah, just, nope. no, I'm just getting kids <laughs> upset. Um, yeah. But no, it's it's all good. We had we know how to fix things, so it's cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's when you and I first met, and I remember I sat down for fun. yeah, I sat down for one of your conversations. Your internet and one of your, is spinning. Oh no! Hey, right, you talk, you I, I still see you. I said I, I. So that was the first time you and I met, and I remember you gave a really good lecture on just some baseline of vitamins and minerals. And I, I couldn't believe all the information. I went back and looked at my notes and I was like, I was like, dude, how did she get through all this? And so I had to really narrow down what you and I wanted to talk about. Um, and with you, especially, and, and one of my favorite um, uh, minerals that, and, and vitamins I like to recommend is always magnesium. Um, so let's get into a little yeah. bit of magnesium. Um, I already know you have all the salts, everything that you want to talk about. So let's, let's start there. So we all know there's different types of magnesiums, right? And it ranges from, from oxide to glyconate. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit of breakdown between the different types of magnesiums and what, what do they are used for specifically? Yeah. So I think what's interesting about magnesium is that for people that are really active, um, as well as for people that have chronic inflammation, magnesium is one of those minerals that is used for, helping to fight the inflammation. Um, and estimates say that about 50% of Americans are low in magnesium. It's way higher than that, to be honest. Um, and so when you start thinking about why people would be low in magnesium in the first place, um, it's usually going to be because digestion is not working. So somewhere further upstream, stomach's not doing what it needs to. They don't have enough stomach acid. They've been on a proton pump inhibitor for forever you know, antacid meds, that kind of stuff. Um, or they're taking a medicine that pulls it out, or they're eating a diet that doesn't have a lot of the things in it that needs to, um, that are mineral and nutrient dense. The other thing is that we don't really have sustainable farming practices in this country. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm about to make a post later on. I went to Costa Rica, ate all the right foods. Like it was all like a vegan plant-based diet. There's no drinking. We're like waking up, swimming in the Pacific Ocean at and six in the morning, like the healthiest I've ever been in my life. Um, yeah. And I came back, did a, did a bioscan or not, like a micronutrient assessment. Um, and I was low in half the things. And I'm like, man, this, I, I thought America was the one that had the issue with the, you know, unsustainable practices. All the food that we were eating was like cooked for us, bought from a farmer's market, grown locally, sourced locally. And so it's just not there. And it, it doesn't seem to matter if it's America versus if you're in a different place either. So we just don't really have it in our, in our, soil. And so it's not really getting into our foods either. So just some of the reasons why people would be low in magnesium in the first place. Um, but there's like 10 different salt forms. There's probably more than that at this point in time. Main thing is that magnesium oxide, which is the one that most people will pick up. That's the number one thing that most of the time they get prescribed. Most of the e-scribes and, you know, recommendations I see are for magox or magnesium oxide. Oxide's interesting because it can actually become caustic in your stomach and it can actually mm -hmm. cause a lot of GI upset. It also is really not well absorbed at all. So if it's if you want to take it for like heartburn or indigestion, that makes sense um, because it's only going to have that actual action in the stomach. It's not going to be absorbed. So if you have a low magnesium level in your blood, on your blood work, on your labs, and you're taking magox, it's going to stay low. Mm -hmm. That's just how it is. What's also interesting about magnesium is that you have to have that to be able to get vitamin D. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting the amount of people that are low in vitamin D as well, um, because it, if, if you have a patient that's low in vitamin D, they're going to be low in magnesium as well. And mm -hmm. so if you're just supplementing by giving some mega dose of a hormone, because vitamin D is a hormone, um, and you're not supplementing with magnesium, 
it's literally not going to fix anything. You're just making lab numbers look better. And for your lab, right. And so for your labs to actually be off, like you have to be in the 95% outside of that normal range because the the reference range is the the 95%. It's like three standard deviations of people. So if you're low on blood work, like you've been low chronically for a long time, and that means Mm -hmm. that you're going to be low on vitamin D and a lot of stuff too. Um, I think one of my two favorite forms Mm-hmm. Actually, I have like four favorite forms, but um, <laughs> it depends on kind of like what you're using it for. Um, magnesium L3 and 8 is one that's got some fantastic benefits and some studies on it. And they really look to see what it's doing with brain neuroplasticity. And so for me, as a person who knows what I do know and, and has this memory that I have, um, my biggest fear is having like Alzheimer's, dementia, something like that mm-hmm, happen. Mm-hmm, I don't want to lose mm-hmm. my mind and my memory and forget. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And there's so many people that are suffering from that. Like, uh, you know, there was been Cognivu and cognitive testing and the call for that to be a thing. Um, so magnesium L3 and 8, it actually was um, found by an MIT scientist. And they found that it was able to get across that blood brain barrier where it separates out between, you know, you've got the fatty layer and then also the water layer. So it's able to penetrate through that. Um, and it's actually increasing your neuroplasticity. It's making your brain work better. Um, and it's helping with not only just emotional control, but also with like cognitive function and helping a lot of times with mood disorders. So it's it's interesting. Um, but magnesium L3 and 8, that's one of the ones that if they've got, you know, some signs, dementia, Alzheimer's, they've had those diagnoses. Um, the other part for that that I love to do is anyone that is taking a medicine that's got a lot of fluoride in it. So like 330 meds have fluoride. That's going to cause some issues, um, especially with osteoporosis, things like that. Considering that magnesium helps with vitamin D and calcium absorption, mm-hmm. I think that needs to be one of the things that we that we really talk about whenever we're looking at the medicines that they are already taking. Um, but if they're taking a medicine that's associated with cognitive decline or with dementia, that kind of stuff, um, that's when we really need to do something like a magnesium L3 and 8. But it showed that it could actually reverse and make your brain more neuroplastic, um, reverse inflammation up to 15 years. Wow. So you can actually have a brain that's wow. functioning 15 years ago, right? Yeah. I would love that. Right? I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't know. If I can keep the wisdom. I was, 20, I was 21, so maybe that's not a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I was like, can I keep the wisdom? Maybe we can just reverse the damage from the Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that one's a fun one. My other one um, that's really great, I have a lot of patients that have fibromyalgia and they've got chronic fatigue and that kind of stuff, which is now called something different, CFE or whatever. Um for me, what's interesting is the magnesium malate. So it has malic acid as the actual salt form. And so with malic acid, that is the actual biochemical metabolic cellular process that is not functioning in people with fibromyalgia. That's the root cause of fibromyalgia. And like, we know that now. Um, So by taking magnesium malate, it's got that malic acid so they can actually start to help with the symptoms of that. And so not have as much of the joint pain and and the muscle stiffness and tendon pain and that kind of stuff. So that one, just like one supplement can help with their pain management, which is fantastic. Um, And then my last one is magnesium glycinate. And so the reason I like that is because glycinate, it's, it's got glycine, which is an amino acid that we all need. Glycine is really important for your gallbladder to make sure that digestion is functioning properly the way it needs to. But glycine is one of the things that 
plays with the GABA glutamate pathway. So if you've got like anxiety, depression, something that's going on with like mental nervous system type stuff um, and mental disorders, magnesium glycinate is my absolute favorite because a ton of people do not get the amino acids that they actually need. And so we'll usually put some people in some amino acids as well if they've got some some other stuff going on after we do some testing. But um, magnesium glycinate, if your gallbladder needs some support, if you're eating a whole lot of like animal fatty meals, that kind of stuff, um, or if you've also got some anxiety, that's one of my favorite ones. And it's it helps people way more than we thought that it ever possibly could, which is one mineral. I can uh, I can attest to the the glycinate. I, I take that uh, every night before bed, man, and it, and it made a, a world difference. And you know me, I've I've struggled with anxiety my whole life, and um, that's one thing that's really helped me a lot. Just kind of helped just level me out. Also improved my sleep too, because most of the you know most of those thoughts come up while you're laying in bed. Obviously, it's the best time for it to right. come. Um, and so that that really helped, like you said, level, leveling out. And and I wanted to echo also the the importance of the amino acids that you take with it too to help. Uh, supplement that too to help with uh, a lot of the neurological issues that go on. The uh, yeah. the malate one in fibromyalgia that blew my mind. I I, yeah. I I did not know that was like one of the root causes of it. Well, it's interesting. So athletes need a lot more of magnesium in general, and that's because mm-hmm. it helps with the breakdown of that lactic acid. So as you're working out, you're making that metabolic byproduct, and so magnesium it's anti-inflammatory, but it's also going to come in and help with that lactic acid breakdown. And so when you start thinking about like the biochemical part, the other the really fun part about it is serotonin, you have to have magnesium to make serotonin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if half of Americans, and that's a very conservative estimate, are low in magnesium, no wonder we're not making serotonin. And we've got a lot of people with anxiety, depression. They've also said basically that all the studies that we did on Alzheimer's, um, it was wrong. We thought that it was all about the beta, you know, and the tall proteins and the beta amyloid plaques. Basically, that scientist was like just admitted that she was fraudulently doing research. Same thing happened recently with um, depression Mm. and how we've always been treating depression with serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And we thought serotonin was the main the main thing. It's not. And yeah. so, I mean, you do need serotonin. It's it's an important neurotransmitter. Um, but I think we're getting to the point now to where we're going to start seeing that it's more norepinephrine and more histamine because histamine mm-hmm. is actually a neurotransmitter. And so it's it's interesting how histamine, especially in like areas like here in Kentucky, we're about to have this whole like pollen nonsense pop off. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. East Coast pollination. Yeah. Yeah. And so whenever it's, you know, we've got all these seasonal allergies, it's, we call it the Ohio Valley crud because like, we're literally in this like bowl of just pollen that just falls here. It's, it's terrible. It's fine. It's um, yeah. Like everyone's what, what call Phoenix, it? What did you call it over time? Ohio Valley? Uh, the Ohio Valley crud. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So whenever, like, I have, I have some Ohio friends that I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, like no. if they're close to the Ohio River, like it's called the Ohio Valley Crud. And so people will Dang. come in to the pharmacy from the urgent care, the ER, wherever. Please don't go to the ER if you just have a stopped up nose first off. Yeah, um, yeah. But they'll come I'm in and they're like, oh, yeah, it's just the Ohio Valley Crud. I was like, this is not an ICD-10 code. Like, I don't I don't know how to diagnose that. But cool, here's some. <laughs> how do I treat this? <laughs> here's some That's funny. That's well, funny. It's interesting, though. And so with it, with depression, what we found is that it's actually the same exact pathway of inflammation and that heart diseases and so it's the abcf1 pathway and so instead of depression being this like silo into like mental health and being treated totally differently and like really picking on serotonin a lot it's interesting how like how dopamine can come in there and it's really also interesting how magnesium helps to make serotonin 
and also helps as an anti-inflammatory, um, just mm-hmm. like melatonin. So if we're not sleeping, um, and we saw it with COVID, whenever you have that much interleukin-6 and those really pro-inflammatory cytokines and chemicals coming out, all of your serotonin and all of your tryptophan, it's called the tryptophan steel, it's solely your tryptophan, which is what makes your serotonin and your melatonin so you can sleep and you can not be anxious and be afraid that you're dying. All of that gets stolen and it goes down a chyanurin pathway. And it makes this thing called quinolinic acid, which is a neurotoxin. And so it actually caused like part of your brain to atrophy. So whenever people come in with like long hauler COVID, that kind of stuff, and they're having the the brain, like the brain fog and the fatigue and that kind of stuff, magnesium L3 and is one of the first things that we put it on because it can reverse a lot of that inflammatory damage. So it's, and then it can also help with a serotonin and it helps with an anti-inflammatory. So like between magnesium and like melatonin at bedtime, Mm-hmm. You can fix a whole lot of things um, without having to, you know, just start medicating on something that contains fluoride and might have some other side effects, too. So it's it's interesting. Like when you start yeah. to learn the biochemical way that everything breaks down in cellular metabolism, mm-hmm. that's when I think and when we have more healthcare providers that know how to do that and actually do that and, and want to educate patients. That's when I think medicine is going to change to actually start being really beneficial for the patients. Yeah, I mean, and and then you know, you you bring up another point when when we ever we have new patients that may have, you know, nutrient deficiencies and vitamin deficiencies and stuff. One of the first baseline that we start on all our patients is always going to be magnesium. I I yeah. I feel like you mentioned. I, I tend to believe that even more than fifty percent of the population, just like you uh, mentioned, that more than fifty percent of the population is low on magnesium because there are so many things in our food and our water that causes uh, degradation of, of magnesium levels. So. Um, I, I'm, I'm just curious as to how many, like I went back and looked at some of my lab work, um, from when I was really sick in 2018 versus now. And I wanted to see if like, they didn't even check my magnesium levels. And I was actually kind of surprised by that. Um, so if you have a patient that wants to start on it, Jessica, but how would you approach that with either your pharmacist or your doctor to check and see if you, if you are a, a candidate for magnesium? So with it, the first thing is we know that magnesium is going to be one of those minerals that's going to feed the heart and the heart function. So the first thing that I usually ask is like, hey, do we have any AFib? Do we have any heart palpitations? Anything like that going on? Um, And what medications are you taking? And so if they are someone who is like clinically not the most stable person, um, I'm going to, you know, say, hey, I'll write down the form for you the ones that I think would be the most beneficial. Take this into your cardiologist, take it into your specialist. Like I'm not trying to have someone go into AFib or anything crazy. Um, And so, you know, and also like have them pull this lab. Um, You can get any lab pull that you want to um, on the internet. I mean, you can literally order them. I think it's like cash for labs or something like that. Um, But I'm able as a pharmacist in Kentucky to be able to order that lab as well. Um, So a lot of times we'll do that. There's not a point of care test for magnesium. So like if anyone's listening and wants to make money real quick, someone develop that for me because I don't have And hit hit up the sports pharmacy podcast for a sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like get an affiliate agreement or something. Yeah, yeah. And so, right. So with it, what we'll typically, we'll typically kind of ask like, hey, are you having more like nerve pain? Are you having more muscle pain? Are we diabetic? Because diabetics are going to burn through it. One of the interesting things about magnesium and diabetes is because they have that polyuria, which means that they're having to pee all the time because they've got extra sugar. Um, That's one of the things that makes them more chronically low in magnesium. Mm -hmm. Also, um, magnesium reverses insulin resistance, and it's a bold claim, and I said it because I meant it. Um, I'm living proof. Trust me. I I was a diabetic in 2018, reversed in in, in less than nine months, so I, I, I believe you. 
Yeah, no. And so it's, it's really interesting. Like whenever your pancreas, which one percent of that its job is to make insulin, the other 99% of its job is to actually make enzymes to digest your food. So with the 1% that's supposed to be making the insulin, you can have insulin all day. The insulin's going to hop onto this receptor. Look at me, I'm going to try and like <laughs> do it on yeah. here. Um, yeah. But basically sure. you've got insulin that's going to hop onto the receptor of a cell and it basically opens up this like tunnel and that's where the sugar can go in into the cell and that way it gets out of the blood and, and that's when your blood sugar goes down if you don't have magnesium it's magnesium gated meaning that if you are low in magnesium even if insulin's there it cannot go into the cell mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it if that's the case or if the cell is full of sugar at that point um then it turns into triglycerides so that's why triglycerides are actually a really important thing and to me that's more like we're probably low in magnesium so if i hear that someone's got diabetes we're going to do some magnesium if i hear that your triglycerides are high we're going to do magnesium um if you've got anxiety that kind of stuff yep we're going to do it if you've had that right upper quadrant kind of pain and we it's cheeseburger we care all of our local restaurants are making oh that sounds amazing it's it's interesting oh, like God. and so we're the barbecue capital of the world I, I, it's self-proclaimed this is texas this is texas careful Careful. I know. Hey, it's uh, we have a festival <laughs> come up. It's fine. Um, I've eaten both. I like both of them. It's okay, that's good. Uh, that's good. Yeah. And so with it, um, so we have all these barbecue places that are like making like barbecue and putting like Grippo's potato chips on it with like mac oh, and cheese. Oh, God. That sounds amazing. Uh, yeah. It's a whole thing. I, I can feel my liver getting swelling just from listening to it. Exactly. And so <laughs> what's funny is, is that I also do Chinese medicine. And so with traditional Chinese medicine, there's like times of the year that everything starts to kind of go down. And we're now in like digestive gallbladder liver weird kind of time. Mm-hmm. After this, whenever it gets like really hot in the summer, it's going to be more about like heart attacks and strokes and like yep. more vasculature. After that, it's going to be kidneys and UTIs and like all of those issues. And everyone's anxious is all get out because the kidneys hold on to fear and anxiety. And then it usually becomes depression and joint pain and inflammation and arthritis and all that good stuff. And so we're in that time period. And so I was like, I'm just going to make a post that like, hey, if y'all like have gallstones and start having some pain after eating like literally 30 cheeseburgers this week, come see me. Like there we've got go. some cool stuff for you. <laughs> um, but usually, so if they've, if they've had some of that or if it's like, you know, cheeseburger week in Owensboro, Kentucky, um, then at that point we'll usually do like some magnesium glycinate um, or magnesium tarate. For my athletes, I really like magnesium orotate. Have you heard of this That's one? A good one? That's a good one. Yeah. I had a, um, I had a sports medicine doctor discuss that with me. Yeah. And so with it, I mean, it's, it's really cool how it's like actually promoting heart health and it's really helping. Like it's, it's part of like your DNA breakdown. Like it's, it's really cool how it does that. Um, and the erotic acid, and they actually did a study, um, on people with really bad congestive heart failure. It was like 79 different people. Um, and they found that like, it was really, really great for symptom improvement versus the placebo group. And so, I mean, you can try to get some magnesium from eating like some almonds and some dark chocolate and some oatmeal and some beans and dark leafy greens, Mm-hmm. But I just don't have the faith that it's there. Like the mineral no, no. content's not what it used to yeah. be. And so we'll usually do a trace mineral. The cool thing that I do like about magnesium, we had a lot of people just overdosing on zinc whenever it was like COVID because they heard mm-hmm. that it was a good thing. And it was like, it's it's really cool. It helps with ionophores. Yeah. It's a great time, but it pulls out copper. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the people that were like, my hair's falling out and I'm low energy. And I, I all of a sudden have my blood pressure issues and I didn't get sick. What is this? Um, it was a lot of times copper that was being pulled out. So with a lot of different minerals, I always say to take like a trace mineral combination. It's kind of like taking a multivitamin. You wouldn't just take a bunch of vitamin A and a whole bunch of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Um, getting the trace minerals, including magnesium on point, then you can actually start to absorb your multivitamins. And then from that point, you can actually use those amino acids and then you can start making all the stuff that your body actually needs. So it's like a trace mineral and with magnesium, 
taking an extra amount, especially if you are active, is always mm-hmm. a good idea. So I like it because it doesn't pull any of the other minerals out, which is good. Um, exactly. And it's really important for that vitamin D and for that calcium. One of the really cool things that we saw is um, we have a lot of medication-assisted treatment. So Suboxone patients, they were mm-hmm. on opioids, heroin, something. And so now they're taking Suboxone. So Suboxone has a black box warning on the FDA's website. And it's talking about how it's making people's teeth fall out. Mm-hmm. And so they're saying on the FDA that it's because of a film that it leaves and it, it's destroying the enamel. But that would cause a lot of cavities and caries. It wouldn't cause their teeth right. to literally be falling out. And these people are like 20 and 22 mm-hmm. and 23. Mm-hmm. And they're getting like all of their teeth pulled and getting dentures. And, and they're terrified of it because no one told them that that was a possibility. So I had this one guy that worked for me back in the day. And it was like forensic anthropology. He went to the body farm at like University of Tennessee and like Whoa. was studying like body decomposition and that kind of stuff and trying to date like CSI kind of stuff. Right. That's we all grew cool. up on CSI. That's pretty legit. So what's interesting is that there was this case study that they were talking about with me and they found this like skeletal remains of some woman. They identified that it was a woman behind like some dumpster in New York. And um, it was it belonged to someone. They had to pull dental records. Um, but based off of the bone structure, they estimated that she was like 85 off of the dental records, they actually found that it was a 27-year-old female. Oh, my goodness. And so opioids mm-hmm. pull out that much calcium. Because if I was mm-hmm. going to make a pain medicine, I would make sure that it also pulled out calcium and it pulled out magnesium mm-hmm. so that you would eventually, you know, still still be in a little bit of pain. Like, it's not going to fix all of your pain kind of thing. Right. That way I'd have customers for life. Forever. I don't make opioids, so here we are. But um, That's another episode, Jessica. Yeah. So... <laughs> What's interesting about it is I was like, okay, well, I mean, the Suboxone, like it has an opioid that's in it and then it's got, you know, like the blocker. So it doesn't allow for you to feel that euphoric feeling. Mm-hmm. So if we're doing all this, all these opioids on patients that have been using opioids for a while, I wonder if we're still pulling out magnesium and calcium. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, since that's what's responsible for like bone health and tooth health and dental health, maybe if we started to give these people magnesium and calcium that we're taking Suboxone or at least recommending it, what would happen? And so the first question that we ask is like, hey, are you noticing any tooth problems? And that's when they're like, oh my gosh, yes. And so by like getting a really good question, instead of being like, do you just want some magnesium and calcium? Mm-hmm. No, we had to like actually ask a question that was meaningful and the mm-hmm. amount of people and the impact it had on my staff of seeing like, oh my gosh, everyone's really actually struggling with this. Like this isn't just Jess's idea of like pushing supplement sales. Like there's a lot of people struggling. So then the cool thing is, is we start telling them like, hey, magnesium, calcium, these are the things that are being pulled out. It's for your bones. It's for all this. So then they start coming back mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, I slept for the first time in three years. Oh, dang, and that's like, awesome. I don't have constipation anymore and Whoa. I don't have to take like I was diagnosed with IBS and IBD. I, I don't have that anymore. It turns mm-hmm. out it was just a magnesium deficiency. Wow. And so like the amount of impact that this has had on like the mental health, on supporting the skeletal structure, on supporting tendons and pain, because a lot of these people were either athletes before or they were working somewhere, Mm -hmm. they got hurt, injured, and then they got addicted to the actual pain medicine itself. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them are like, wow, this helps me sleep. It helps me to not be anxious. It helps like with my mental health. It's also helping with pain and I can use the bathroom and not have to you know, go five or six days and feel terrible. So a lot of people are like, I'm going to stay on this magnesium for forever. This is amazing. And I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. And then they start, what else do you have? Like, what what else can you help me they with? They start diving deeper, huh? Yeah. And so yeah. what's funny about it, magnesium is needed for vitamin D absorption. If your vitamin D is less than 40, that's when depression creeps in. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting, like the mental health and the like the changes that we've seen from just asking one question 
completely unrelated. Like it blew my mind what was going to happen with it and what has happened. Um, so it, it really has like taught my staff that drug induced nutrient depletion is incredibly important. Yes. Um, and what the actual benefits of just one supplement are, especially if they've got, you know, insurance and it's paid for and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, usually our insurance pays for literally the crappiest magnesium oxide possible. So of course, of course, yeah, the that. cheapest one, right? Yeah. And so, but it's, it's really cool. We've been doing it for about seven or eight months now, like really targeting people that are on opioids and targeting people that are on Suboxone because they've had those, that exposure for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, the results have been insane. So now, now it's more looking at people that are on blood pressure meds because a lot Mm -hmm. of your blood pressure medicines pull magnesium out too. I sure do. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is going to make it worse because magnesium drops your blood pressure. Like think about whenever you have a pregnant person coming in with preeclampsia and really high blood pressure, we give magnesium. Every single time. To lower it. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. And so I'm like, why are we not treating these people with pain and treating the people that have a lot of inflammation and hypertension and congestive heart failure and all of these people that are taking meds that pull it out? Why are we not recommending it every single time? So you know, Jessica, you, you, you brought up a, a really good statement that I think a lot of people, I hope they don't miss, is that when, when you're able to go and actually sit down and chat with a pharmacist rather than just being you know talked at or just give it a, a prescription, is that... It's that question of how can you relate it to patient care, right? And that was right. a really poignant question that you brought up is that, hey, I'm not, I'm doing this for me. Yeah, I'll sell vitamins all day, which is fine, but I'm, we're doing this for you, right? We're, we're here to help right. make your life better. Um, and I, I, just, I just hope people can take that away from this. If they take away anything else, magnesium, always check your patients. Always check on your patients. Yeah. Yeah easy enough it's right? magnesium whatever it is and so for some they want to order labs they want to see that it's low um and we can do that and so a lot of times we'll talk about hey here's the benefits um i think the biggest thing is for women's health in my humble mm-hmm. opinion because there's not a lot of really great options mm-hmm. for us if we're included in drug studies like i think that started in what like the 90s like that they it was, it was pretty late women right in, in things. yeah yeah i mean like i was born and i, I don't feel like i'm that old so here yeah. we are um, <laughs> oh happy international women's day Yes, happy. I was like, I was like, I just remember that. I was like, my my wife made sure I remembered it. So I was like, there you go. Got to remember that. There you go. Shout out to her, by the way. Um, (laughs) Yes. So I think what's interesting is for women that have PCOS, whenever, you know, I always learned in pharmacy school and everywhere else that that was just too much testosterone. Not actually, not actually the case. Um, It's really just prediabetes and and insulin resistance that typically can lead to that. And And so what happens is. Yeah, that's why that's, yeah. that's why they start metformin, especially if you've got like infertility, that kind of stuff. That's why it's like first thing. Well, metformin, um, it mimics sex hormone binding globulin one. And so it actually increases like the amount of hormones that are bioavailable. But whenever you've got too much blood sugar, like too much sugar hanging out, your body's making too much insulin for it to try and take care of it. Because, you know, we're not meant to like eat four times a day and then also drink sugary drinks and everything mm-hmm. like the rest of the time, our pancreas isn't getting a break. Like it, it mm-hmm. was designed and needs to. So what's interesting is that whenever you've got a lot of insulin that's coming out, the body knows. And for us, it's usually our adrenals that are going to make that testosterone. And that's the right type. It's the kind that gets converted from DHEA to testosterone. And for us, mm-hmm. the adrenals is the only place that does that. If you have a lot of inflammation because you have a lot of sugar in your chronic long, then at that point, the ovaries are like, hey, 
it's the adrenals are going to be really busy making cortisol to decrease this inflammation. I'll start making some testosterone so that we're literally able to get out of bed and we don't suffer from executive dysfunction. Mm. The problem with that is that it causes cysts. That's what actually is the cause of ovarian cysts. Mm -hmm. um, and so whenever you've got that going on, you're also not able to ovulate. So we're not able to make progesterone. So where estrogen is supposed to run the show for the first two weeks. And then after that, after ovulation, progesterone takes over, you don't have the progesterone taking over. And that's what's mm. leading a lot of times to, like the recurrent thoughts at night, can't turn your brain off, um, emotional ups and downs, um, a lot of the cysts, a lot of the like fatty tissue and dense breast disease type stuff that goes on, mm -hmm. That those are all symptoms of estrogen dominance. Um, and so if you've got estrogen the entire time, progesterone helps you to sleep. Um, progesterone mm -hmm. helps with a ton of things. And progesterone is also really protective. So if you've just got estrogen running the show the entire time, or if you've been on birth control for like 13 years, Mm -hmm. might lose a gallbladder. Um, mm -hmm. It's fine. It pulls out B6 and taurine, by the way. Yeah. That's that's why you lose a gallbladder after birth control. Um, yeah, that in a case of jalapeno popcorn, like it took mine. But anyway, oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, it was great. But what's interesting about it is that it's, it's really, if you get down to the root of it, it's because there was too much sugar that was in the blood in the first place, and it was causing insulin to have to come out. And that is the ovaries response to it. So for people that have PCOS mm -hmm. and insulin resistance, which is what the root cause is, Give them some magnesium. I also love alpha lipoic acid or ALA. ALA is um, good one. And yep. increasing fiber. And then we do a lot of flaxseed, um, whether it's in food, because it's got lignin. And lignin is mm -hmm. going to go into the gut, and it's going to help to pull out that extra estrogen. And so mm -hmm. we have, like, a whole PCOS protocol to where we reverse it in, like, three months. And they don't have to deal with it anymore. Um, but if, if the root cause of it was that they were low in magnesium in the first place, then any sort of birth control or any sort of ablations or going in and burning the earth or anything, it's not going to, it's not going to work Yeah, at least not long-term. So I think there's a really important opportunity, not just for magnesium, but for a lot of different things in, in women's health. If we start to understand like the actual mechanisms of how everything's working. So between the people, I'm really good at getting people pregnant. It's a very random skill for a female to have. <laughs> um, but I think that's, those are like from those actual, improvements in people's lives like they were able to reverse their diabetes or they're able to get pregnant or they're able to not have pain they're able to choose the bathroom and not feel terrible um mm -hmm. they're able to sleep at night like why would you not want to do that for your patients you know of course yeah. and so now we just have to have a system and a structure to allow us to have that time and the best way for me was with the short attention span everyone has and how busy we all are let's those really pointed questions that are going to, you know, actually make a patient benefit and impact instead of just saying you should take magnesium. Jessica, I love that so much, man. And that was that was a part of the reason I was so excited about having you on. Um, unfortunately, our time is up, um, but I wanted to tell you how much I appreciated you coming. And um, I hope you'll come back on again. Of course. That's Absolutely. I, I would I appreciate love that. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Dr. Jessica Mills, where can they find you on the social media? Socials. Um, I only have one S in my name. I'm the only Jessica with one S that I know. But That's it's true. not a mistake. Yeah. I'm not trying to be cute. It's a thing. <laughs> so um, I'm always on Facebook. And honestly, like, they can follow on Facebook. I do have a new fancy website that's still being built. It should be done by next week because I hired my old business okay. coach. And she's like, I'll just do it for you. Um, oh, nice. So uh, right now... Yeah, it'll be on there. It's a Kajabi website. It's like drjessicamills.mykajabi.com, I feel like, maybe, question mark. Okay. Okay. Um, but, no, we're we're actually teaching a, a whole new course about, like, how to jumpstart into functional medicine, how to get started in this kind of stuff. Um, and, and so that's, assure that's you, really what we're up to. I will, huh? be all, I will be all over that when that comes out. So I'm, yes, I'm really excited for the future. Please and 
We'll add that link at the bottom of the description. Um, I know today is March 8th, but we'll probably get this posted a little bit oh, later in the month. But turn me on. Okay. Right. Sorry, I've got one of my I got one of my people in here. There you go. Um, yeah, he was coming in just check on something. Nice. But yeah, no, it's it's easy. Just look for Jessica Mills. Usually Facebook is where to find me. I have an Instagram. I have I, I don't post to it very often, but I thought we'll you were there. trying to get TikTok famous. What happened? Listen, I've written 300 <laughs> pieces of content to go on the, I, I had to strategize it. That's yeah, good. it's okay. fine. Okay. Um, also, I've been traveling a little bit. So I did yeah. this, uh, I did Diversify. And then right before that, I went to Costa Rica. And then we just went, got back from Virginia with a private client that nice. we're doing consulting for. So it's it's been fun, but I've been like taking my laptop and my phone and just like creating content as I'm going. Go. So go. now that I have the content, because I've heard if you do 12 things all at the same time, you don't do any of them well. So I, I've heard that, to, yes, yes. I'm trying to prioritize. And so, uh, no. And so my nephew actually is TikTok famous. Um, so he's really? coming to hang out with us and go nice. fishing. Yeah. Um, there's apparently a TikTok convention that happens in Vegas. Have you heard about this? Like Why in July? We, or, I mean, really? In Vegas? In Vegas is where it was Man. supposed to be. So the Ukraine thing happened last year. And yep. so they were like, maybe we shouldn't let TikTok like yeah, have maybe. their convention. <laughs> um, but after like 1 million, anytime that you have a video that's got more than 1 million views, you get invited to this like super secret TikTok Dang. convention and he has a, a plus two. So like me and Danny are going to go. So I'm still nice. going to get TikTok famous. Okay. We're okay. Just, step. We're, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to post all the long content first and then I'll go. do fun little cute videos about it. But Facebook's the, the normal place to come get me and just look for Jessica with one S. You'll find Dr. Me. Jessica Mills. I appreciate your time, man. Uh, hope to talk to you soon. Okay. Awesome. Take care. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. And if anybody has any questions or anything, always feel free to reach out. A special thank you to Dr. Jessica Mills at Owensboro Family Wellness and the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like our content, please consider giving us a five-star rating anywhere that you get your podcasts. And it really helps me pump out more content that you guys like. Be sure to follow the podcast on all socials at Sports Pharmacy Pod, as well as me, your host, Dr. H, at Dr. Mixalot. As always, stay well, stay hydrated, and I will catch you next time. Sports.